0: Listener production.
1: Welcome back to the Howie Games episode 172, part B, featuring boxer Harry Garside. Box. Olympics. I've written it down because I want to get the names right. You don't really have a timeline that we need to follow. So you didn't automatically qualify for the Olympics. So were you at a point thinking, so you missed out 2016. Are you thinking you're going to miss 2020 as well?
0: Yeah, so I am. Um, so,
1: it was that as a result of a loss?
0: Yeah, so the first tournament, we had two chances. Yep. It's changed now, but we had two chances for the 2020 Olympics to qualify internationally. And the first one was um, in Jordan. It was supposed to be in... Jordan? W- it was supposed to be in Wuhan, to be completely honest. Wrong. But it got changed because yeah. of COVID. So you went to Jordan? Went to Jordan, to yeah. To Oman? Yeah, to Oman, oh. yeah, beautiful. You didn't get to go to Petra, did you? Did no, you no, no oh, everyone did, true. but I was still oh. competing. Yeah, I was still competing. Okay, sorry. Um, but yeah, it was a tournament there. The Asian qualifiers, Asian Oceania qualifiers and... Um, I had two chances. If I if I won the fight against India, India Manash Korshik, yep. who I fought at the Com Games, so I was going to the Olympics. Yep. I lost that and I had one more chance and it was against Uzbekistan and I lost that too. He ended up taking out the tournament. So so, so the decision
1: comes, you're not going to the Olympics. What's your first thought?
0: It was when I lost the first one because I knew I had to fight the next day, I was focused on the next fight. But when I lost the second one, I went out the back and I've I've never howled before in my life. I've never cried from my belly before and I just dropped to the ground and I just couldn't control it. There was just so much pain and um, it was like that moment of like, I'm not going to the Olympics. Um, yeah, but I was probably for about an hour, an hour and a half. I was just really low. My mum was trying to call me. She obviously felt really, really scared for me and, um, yeah, really struggled to sort of pick it up and pick up the phone and I just had to get through that. Um, but then I knew there was one more opportunity, and that was the last potential chance to world qualify. But because of COVID, that got can- uh, that got cancelled. Uh, of course. And then yeah, all of twenty twenty was I was in Melbourne for ninety percent of the lockdown, and it was just to be honest, there was a lot of pain in that year, um, a lot of uncertainty. Um, there was probably well, there, a point. Well, there was. For, for everyone, exactly right, yeah, apart from the fact your Olympic dreams up in the air a hundred percent, and that was oh, that was one of the things year, it was just, terrible a, just year. a terrible year, thank god we we're, we're finally oh. through it, um but yeah, it was probably about halfway through i um yeah, just sort of looked myself in the mirror and was like, regardless if you get the chance or not, you mean like i I needed to sort out my mental health, um I needed to get up and get moving properly, and I just set myself a goal, and it was a goal to run this certain distance and um yeah, and then I just kept training, kept boxing and How I was like. Have to run? Uh, it was a marathon. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um and yeah, I was just sort of training up to break the three hour. Um, and then I finally got the chance. I found out at the start of twenty twenty one that I was going to the Olympics, but that was because that just gave the spot away. Um, because it's the person who was the highest ranked and um, there was a voice inside of me when I finally found that out. Of like Is that a phone call, an email? An email and a phone call. Right. Yeah, a phone call from um, the national coach who I really love, Kevin Smith. Um, and yeah, to, to feel that I was by myself, but um, it was an amazing moment. But at the same time, the there, was a, there was a voice going, if you don't do well at the Olympics, you will go your whole life thinking you didn't deserve that spot. Yeah, and I um no pressure. Yeah, so I um obviously trained really hard as I always would for the Olympics, but there was that little added voice and I uh, obviously prepared really well for the 2021 2020 Olympics.
1: I ask every Olympian this, you've talked about how disciplined you are, was your mind truly blown by the food court?
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, probably the worst person to ask yes. to be completely honest as boxers. Yes. We have um, we can't live off much, so no. I um I went into the food hall while I was competing. My first fight was on the first day and my last fight was on the second last day. Right. So I did go to the food. I went to the food hall five times and that was after each – four times, sorry, after each weigh in. Um, So I went there and I was able to indulge (laughs) a little bit on some breakfast.
1: Was there people there that you saw, athletes that you were all my – Heavens! Uh,
0: to be honest, when I was in there, there wasn't, there wasn't heaps. The, the one that I really loved the most is the Brownlee twins. Oh, yeah. The triathletes. Oh, oh yeah. I, I, to shake Alistair's hand was amazing. Um, who was that? Kevin Durant, the basketball oh, player. Yeah. Yao Ming was there as well. Um, but, yeah, a lot of the time I, I didn't get to go in because I was just um, – So disappointed. So you have so, to.
1: So, so, okay, you didn't automatically qualify. Yeah, beat the Kazakh. You eventually end up there. You break – you have three fights to make the
2: semi. The winner on points by split decision. So, so uh, split so the decision. can't agree. In blue, Harry yeah! Garza. Well, the young man from Victoria has assured himself of a bronze medal. Good on you, Harry. Australia's wild about Harry, and why wouldn't they be three-two? It was a
1: raise, and it's a thirty-three-year medal drought when you win a bronze medal. But but you spoke earlier on with your mindset, you didn't think you were going to win. So you're fighting Cruz, who's a two-time world champ. Um, so judges, we spoke in the Commonwealth Games, split decision. You win three-two, so it's five-nil. So uh, what's the official term in boxing when it's unanimous? Unanimous decision. Unanimous decision. I, I watched your interview afterwards. And you said you were completely outclassed which must be a hard thing to say to tell me about that fight, i watched it from a non-boxing perspective i watched your fight when you won the commonwealth games gold medal and i saw the beauty in it because it looked like you were dancing with the guy it actually looked like you were dancing with him and you, you described the amateur boxing earlier on it's short and sharp and fast and there's only three rounds and it's just all on the table as opposed to pro boxing with the greatest possible respect, I watched the bronze medal fight and you just right from the start looking like you were getting smacked. You did look outclassed. Mm. So so what what's that like from you, that that event? How did you go mentally? What would you change? Was he just a better boxer?
0: Yeah, he is all those things. He was just um, – Cuban, yeah? Yeah, Cuban, just an exceptional athlete. And I think mindset going into it, I um, – yeah, I think there's like those moments, you know, when you see a very similar uh, – Was it, who was the country? Was it Saudi Arabia? One of the countries at the, the World Cup, they have this amazing moment where they they, they, they win this amazing – They knocked um, off Argentina. They win this amazing game. game and then the next game they're, they're, they're no good. And yes. I think that that happened to me. I, I sort of rose in, in my quarterfinal and then once you – obviously when you're in that, when you're in it, you're just trying to focus on the, on the next fight. But I think for me personally just being who he was – you I mean he's an exceptional athlete, pound for pound, probably the best amateur boxer in the world, and Yes. just an exceptional athlete. And he, he truly did just outclass me. I, I just, yeah, I just went into that fight. Um, just give—I—I I, I don't like to say this, giving him maybe too much respect. Although you need to respect everyone who gets in the ring, but yeah, just I think his accolades surpassed him in my brain. So oh. I got in there, and I think I lost the fight before I got in, and and of course I still tried my hardest, and um, but yeah, just yeah didn't have my rhythm wasn't I was fighting his fight I and
1: what's that like when you know um I'm doing the test cricket at the moment Australia have beaten South Africa convincingly um it's obvious from halfway through that the result is going to be the result but there's not the physical damage that it could occur in your caper what's it like when you in do you have a moment to think wow this guy's actually better than me?
0: Yeah, probably throughout the whole fight. Right. Um, in that fight specifically, but um, I must admit, I, I I'm I will fight like fight to the death. You mean that's yes. a, that's a boxer's mindset. You yep. literally don't ever throw the towel in. Like that's it's up to the like it's you would never quit on your stool like that's the old school values and then I pride myself that's on right that before. yeah exactly right I pride myself on that and that and, must have like there, there, <laughs> <laughs> there was there was a point in the third round against the Cuban Andy Cruz that I was like someone please ring the bell <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> um, but yeah he was just he was just too good and, and I know that I know what I need to do um to get myself to a gold medal if I was to go back and try for the next Olympics Um, and that's just changed my mindset a lot of my success um, is built on me not feeling I'm good enough you mean me not feeling I'm good enough and there's this constant battle inside of myself this voice saying you're not good enough you're not worthy wherever that comes from I don't know but as a fighter or as a person? As a both. Oh. Um, and then there's just this voice inside of me going, you are good enough, you can do this. And there's just that constant battle. And sometimes the voice on my left shoulder is louder and sometimes the voice on my right shoulder is louder. It's just the, um, yeah, I just need to exercise and make sure that I'm putting things in place to make sure that negative wolf, I like to call it, is, um is isn't as loud as what it's been throughout my whole life.
1: And an Olympic bronze medal, as I said, the first Australian male boxer in 33 years to achieve a medal... Where does that sit with you? To to me, unbelievable achievement, unbelievable achievement for you.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I don't like saying this too often, but yeah, to me, to me, it doesn't um doesn't sit well. I think as athletes, we go there for the gold. You know what I mean we're, we're high performers. You know what I mean you want to play sport for fun? I, I love what I do. You want to play sport for fun? Go play at your local footy club. or yes. something like that, and that's totally fine. But that's Great. why you're an elite athlete. Yeah, we're, we're elite, and we. We have a duty when we go to represent our beautiful country. We have a duty to do the best we can and try our absolute hardest and bring home gold medals. That is our duty. That is our job. Um, and yeah, if that bronze was not what I trained for, that bronze is not what I believe I'm capable of. Um, although, yes, there's many. Oh, well, there's another alarm. Oh, another alarm. Hold oh, that thought. What's this? This one. This one's a weird one. It's called touch something. <laughs> um, so I've got to It's like being in the present moment. So okay. I close my eyes. And I just feel something on my chair. Go like. Yeah. What does that
1: do? <laughs> it's a um, it's Nothing we doing it in
0: front of someone. It is, yeah. But I've done <laughs> but it. In wor- I've done it in worse places, to be oh. completely honest. Um, but yeah, it's just like <clears throat> getting in the present moment. Okay. so often as humans these, I think alarms are a great circuit breaker too how often as humans I know my brain is so active but how often as humans are we caught in our brain whether that be a story whether that be frustration whether that be happiness elation mm. whatever it is um, you mean like when a circuit breaker comes you do whatever that thing and it's just like for me it's just getting in the present moment realizing what's outside or um, yeah just just little things like that it just breaks up the day and then how, how to do the
1: alarm system during the no technology challenge.
0: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> really hard. Really yeah, hard. You know. It was really challenging. <laughs> it was really – I found myself – I'll send you a photo after this, Howie. Yeah. I did – Um. I think it was nine puzzles in that month. Puzzles? 9,000-piece puzzles. Right, like, like jigsaws. That, jigsaws because I wasn't watching TV right. while everyone was watching TV. Right. I was just out the back and I was doing puzzles. So I did 9,000-piece puzzles. Impressive. <laughs> yeah. Impressive.
1: You were talking about um, how you viewed the bronze. I don't know whether you have listened to Grant Hackett on – This show, I have. What he talked about, anything that wasn't gold was disgusting. Mm. Strong adjective. It's one of the five things that really sticks in my head. But as I said to him, maybe that's why the likes of Grant Hackett and you are Olympic athletes because nothing but the best or nothing but winning is worthwhile. Maybe that's why you are who you are.
0: Yeah, it's it's interesting, and and I'll be the first to say this. Um, I'm. By far, not the most skilled athlete. I'm by far the not, the not the most talented athlete. Okay. There's so many things that are stacked up against me. I guess. Um, obviously, I have some great characteristics too, and some great body body type characteristics. But um, yeah, I think you need to have that super competitive nature and and that. I mean, you will do anything to, to, to do it and, and to, to win and to achieve and, and that's our duty as athletes and, and we all watch the Olympics, I did when I was younger, you just want to see Australia win. Um, that's our duty. If we put on the ground and gold, you have to go out there and try your absolute hardest and bring home that win. And when you are such a respectful customer, boxing to sell tickets
1: for as long as there's been boxing has been trash talk. Um... Was it your second fight versus the dude that operated as the Matrix? Yeah. And I watched the presser and he was just giving it to you. He's like, the Olympics don't mean shit. The medals don't mean shit. I think he actually said, I'm just going to bash this guy. Are you going to
0: respond? He says, you're not going to pass him? You know, oh, but we'll just find out where's that. all noise at the moment. <laughs> uh, that's all right. That's what I want to know. It's going to be you and me in the ring. Your, um, your medals are not going to fight for you. Your name is going to fight for you. It's just going to be you and me, bro. Absolutely, bro. I can't wait. Oh, yeah.
1: <laughs> And then it cuts to you and you're like, oh, well, no, I really appreciate him as a fighter and I wish him luck and it's great to hear he's going well in training. I was like, this is not what I'm used to. This is not cutting it in the UFC, Harry Garside.
0: I hope he's had a great prep. It sounds like he has. He sounds relaxed and I hope he's the best version of himself on Wednesday night because I know I'm going to be and I just want to put on a good fight for the fans and I know he's tough, I know he's credible, I know he's durable, so I know it's going to be a good, hard fight. I'm excited. But it blew me away that you didn't,
1: you were strong enough to your values that you didn't And this will be interesting for you going forward, and I hope you have tremendous success, but a lot of your fights will be on Fox, who I work for, and people will be wanting you to say, I'm going to smash this bloke. He's no good. He's not my level. Um, They're going to pull you in that direction, Harry, purely to sell tickets, which in the end puts money in your pocket.
0: Yeah, I've definitely... come up with a few predicaments in the last in the have last you? yeah, in the yeah. last year, a few a- people. Along those lines? Yeah, a few people trying to trying to tell me to do certain things. But for me, mate, I you mean of course I need to I don't have a degree. I don't have a qualification. I've just boxed my whole life. A and plumbing. Yeah, a plumbing. Yeah. Yeah, but two and a half years. So oh, I haven't finished. doesn't so sounds like you're yeah. the James Bond of plumbing <laughs> from your description. <laughs> I haven't finished a ticket. But it's <laughs> it's one of those things like of course you need to think about your future and stuff like that, but I have never once chased money. I've never prior to the Olympics, I never once chased money. I just chased passion yep. and purpose. And if it worked for boxing, it worked for me. Amateur boxing doesn't pay. I finished the Olympics with a bronze medal and I owed people money. Right. <laughs> yeah. That's the type of that's the type of relationship I have with money. I've never chased it. But of course, I'm 25 and I want to have kids one day and I want to yep. make sure that they have the best possible life. They go to a nice school and there's many things that I want. So of course you need to think about that. Um, but at the same time, like my morals and and my ethics are just here. I don't want to shift them for anyone. And I hope that I can bring new fans to the sport. That's well, I
1: think hope. you will. I, I, and I was going to say that. I think you'll bring a whole nother level of boxing fan. Like my 13-year-old daughter, she's not going to watch boxing. But I can tell you now when you're fighting, she will be in your corner as you'll hear shortly. So um, on the financial side of things, so you've had three pro fights. um second one, you became the Australian lightweight champion and then you defended that title in your third fight. So, uh, what's the prize purse for for you for that for your for your third pro fight win?
0: Yeah, so it's um, like for, for, for I guess or like for me it sounds like a lot because I, I had no money prior to this so, um, it's fifteen k. Okay,
1: fifteen thousand
0: yeah, dollars. Fifteen k, and then but you got to pay you got to pay tax obviously, and you yep. got to pay your coach and pay your manager. So, who's the
1: world champ in your division?
0: Uh, so at the moment it's Devin Haney. He just oh, beat Haney, that George Cambosis right. So yeah.
1: I was gonna say. So he's fighting for multi multi. Multi millions of dollars. So, do you see in your career and the way you're tracking and how you believe in yourself, whether you listen to the wolf, as you described him, or, or not the wolf, that you can fight the likes of Devon Haney and win?
0: Absolutely. That's um, that's everyone's or every athlete's duty is see the the top guy and strive as hard as you can. I'm I'm so grateful. A lot of people look at this differently, but I'm so grateful that the best division right now yes. is the lightweight oh, division is. by far out of any division in the world. So I'm so grateful. I have to get better. I have to improve. I have to do things that make, make me be able to contend with those types of athletes. So I'm really grateful that it's the best um, weight division at the moment. And Two years, I hope to be fighting against them or at that level. Um, and so, how hoping. many how
1: many fights in two years would you need to win to be fighting at that level? I think. Do you reckon?
0: I think probably somewhere over ten fights. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So probably yeah, two two and a bit years. I'm 25, so I'm still got age on my side.
1: Have you got someone? And this is where um, boxing has a dark and murky side about who's fighting who and who you have to push yourself forward. Have you got someone in your corner? Uh, in your corner, pardon the pun, working you on that plan because it's not a matter of you just going and fighting and winning because there's a lot more to boxing and deals and finances and pay TV than just being. It's a bit like Formula One. You, you might mo- you can be the best driver, but you're not in the best car.
0: Yeah, it's 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 definitely something that prior to turning professional, I never had any idea about. No. But um, what have you learned about it? It's a business. Yeah. Yeah, it's a business, and it's it's quite. I think it's um, – I really struggled for a period of time, to be completely honest, how we haven't said this too, too many times openly, but like I'm an open book and, and I'm just navigating it, you mean? And, and I want to be the best boxer I possibly can yep. be. If that's Olympic gold medalist or if that's world champion, undisputed world champion, whatever direction I go in. Since turning professional though, as I mentioned, finishing Olympic Games, no money, owe people money. Someone dang- dangles a carrot in front of my face. And goes. You mean it sounds like a lot of money for me. You I mean I grew up with no money and um, owed people money, and I jumped straight at it. And and then I jumped at it. I signed a contract, and and there was a voice inside of me saying you're a sellout, you're all this, and um, yeah, it was just sort of overcoming that and realizing that this is the direction that I actually want to go. I want to yeah. be understood. I want to be the best boxer I can be. But it's quite interesting realizing after signing that contract that there's a lot of dark stuff that goes on in the sense of like. They want you to say certain things. They want you to do certain things. They, um, yeah, they want you to fight. So they pick and choose the fights. I guess they handpick them. You were in the amateurs. You don't get a choice in who no. you're fighting. You fight the best guy in that division, or you fight the worst guy. You don't get a choice. So
1: in this, they're picking a fight. I would be thinking, is this the best fight for me, or is this the best fight for them?
0: Yeah, and that that's the thing. It's just it's it's one of those things. And as an athlete, you just. I think our job is just to train hard. Of course, I'm the CEO of my company. Yep. But train hard and make sure whoever they put in front of me, win, lose, or draw, I am my best athlete when I enter that ring. So, you I mean, that's – and then I've got the old school mindset. A lot of people don't want to lose and stuff like that and it might ruin your reputation, whatever. If you lose a fight against someone who's better or you don't perform – you go to the gym the next day, you train harder, you be better, and you beat them next time. That's the mindset that all the great fighters, Roberto Duran, Sugar yep. Ray Lennon, um, they all had losses on their record. Muhammad Ali, they all had losses on their record. So. Modern
1: boxing's gone away from that, hasn't it? It's seen now, you know, like Tim Zhu is a perfect example at the moment. The, the chap he was going to fight is out injured, and it's like, well, if he loses his next fight, does he ever get that world title fight again? It's, um, it, it's like a, a loss now is like a permanent stain.
0: Yeah, it's it's kind of kind of frustrating. I think Floyd Mayweather probably did that to to boxing. Um, you know, Manny Pacquiao had probably six or seven losses on on his name. But it's just it's just one of those things that like I, I truly believe I just wanna challenge myself and test myself and I wanna I wanna go out of my sword and if when I have kids one day, I want them to see that their dad tried. He yep. tried really hard, really, really hard. And obviously I want to be the best athlete I can be, but I tried bloody hard and I want my, want my kids to see that. And, and as I said, win, lose or draw, as long as I'm testing myself and fighting people who are maybe a touch above my standard and I have to rise to that, You yep. I mean, you're only going to get better from situations like that.
1: And what's it like when you, like the, the actual in the ring and you get punched in the face? <laughs> what, what, what's that like?
0: I've probably been hurt more in other sports, to be completely honest. Have you? So yeah, I haven't
1: really been hurt in boxing.
0: Yeah, been pretty fortunate. I have been dropped uh, probably four times throughout my boxing career. Um, but what, it's, what, what what happened? It's just a flash. My your brain switches off for a point one of a second. Um, yeah, so I've I've never actually hit the ground my bum's touch and I've jumped struggling sense so it's like I've done that little drop but um yeah it's 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 more that in those moments I never forget the first time this happened I was in uh, Finland against a Russian opponent Russians are really good at boxing and I got dropped first round of a fight I'm thinking oh no this isn't a great start <laughs> um, and I was getting the eight count put on me and I just remember thinking to myself in that 8 seconds if I curl up into a ball and I lose the rest of this fight I mean, I haven't got what it takes to be the fighter that I want to be. You know, I should give up boxing. I had that thought. Hmm. You mean, but I, in the second round, two out of the five judges gave it to me. And in the third round, all judges gave it to me. I lost the fight by a split decision, but I was proud of myself that I didn't go into my shell. I'm proud of myself that I didn't, didn't shy away and sort of curl up and, and sort of crumble in that moment. You mean that my back was against the wall and I stood up and I fought my way out of it. And I think that's a beautiful thing. So in pro fighting, mm-hmm. I've looked back
1: at your three fights, but unfortunately, they start right at the start. And I, I like the sizzle and the entertainment, but so I, I don't actually genuinely know the answer to this question. Do you have a song when you come out? Because the clips have always started.
0: Yeah, so there, there's been there's been two um, the same one as um, what's it Land Down Under. Oh yeah, yeah, that's been the Man second and third. But that's that's the business side of things. They yep. wanted me to do that. Yes, but the. Um, the one that I really liked was Working Class Man, Jimmy, ah, yeah, Jimmy Barnes, Jimmy Barnes Is that yeah, you? man from Yeah, yeah. So I really liked that one. Um, that was a, a great intro too. But I think um, I've got a real personal one. When I'm fighting for a world title, it'll be Kingston Town by UB40. Right. Yeah, just a um old school. It's a really personal, personal track between me and my dad. And right. it'll be, um it'll be amazing to, to have my dad walking beside me with that song. He'll be singing loud and proud.
1: And have they given you a moniker yet? <laughs> no. Is there like the the, the you know the Lily Dale Express or yeah. you
0: know? So it's Aussie Harry. Aussie yeah, Harry. Aussie Harry. Aussie yeah, Harry. yeah, yeah. So um, I've got up with that. I'm, I'm the most patriotic person. Yeah, I've ever are. meet Howie. So I um, I grew up with about six Australian flags in my room. <laughs> I love this country to bits, and, and Aussie Harry fits perfectly
1: more of Harry shortly. Combat sports very tough caber. A fellow that blew me away with his dedication to his sport is multiple world champion UFC style Robert Whitaker. Rob's descriptions of shedding weight prior to weighing in hardcore to say the least it seems hell on earth when you're trying to strip weight. I don't know if that's an over-exaggeration. You said, you've what did you say, you fight at 84 and yeah. you're normally 96? Yeah. So talk me through the process, the mental and physical process. I've seen it with jockeys, but of trying to strip weight.
2: Um, it is It is terrible. <laughs> it is, is it? terrible. It is. is. It? Honestly, you can't explain it. You can't explain how bad it is. You can't try.
1: Try. You used a beautiful analogy before. Why is it so terrible?
2: Because you've, oh, mate, you've never felt anything like thirst, true thirst, true dehydration. If, like, where to the point where you're losing your hearing, you're losing your sight. You, your mouth feels like sand. You can't sleep, You're, you've got no energy. It's like thirst and hunger are the two worst things in the world and I, I wish it upon nobody. And um, honestly, it, it is it is terrible to, 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 to go through. So to, like you haven't experienced true thirst. Dehydration is the worst, the worst thing in the world. There is nothing like it. It is, it makes you forget everything. It makes you not want anything. There is nothing in the world more important to you than like a sip of water when you're that
1: thirsty. That is Robert Whittaker on episode 112 of the show.
0: Let's get back to Harry.
1: Now you're going to get a question from the pickle, and I'm I, oh, I, I've been I, waiting for this well, one. People on
0: banquet, my two favourites.
1: Sometimes I give them some <laughs> advice, um, but I've been away doing the the big bash around the country, so I haven't seen her. Um, and the topic she's opening up is one that um, I really want to talk to you about, and I don't know why, but it. It impresses me more than what you've done as an athlete about what you're doing for people. But here you go.
2: Hi, Harry. Pickle here. I watched you do your boxing in the Olympics and you were amazing. I think it must take so much skill and courage to be able to do that. But I also know that you do ballet. And what I want to know is do you have to switch your mindset depending on whether you're doing boxing or ballet? Also, I was looking through your Instagram and I think it's super cool. How inclusive you are, no matter who you are or how you want to express yourself.
1: I love that that it came from my 13 year old daughter. That's a, a proud wow, dad moment for me. We'll get to wow. the, we'll get to the second part of the inclusion um, because they are taught so much more about that than I was at that age. And you are helping in such a big way there. But she wanted to know about the the, the change in mindset between ballet and boxing because Co- again, wh- when I I knew you had an involvement in ballet, but when I watched you fight the Indian chap who you mentioned a couple of times for the Commonwealth Games gold medal, I could see it so clearly that what you guys were doing was artistic. So anyway, the Pickles question, I need to shut up.
0: (laughs) First of all, a massive thank you to pickle. What a question. Super mature. How old is he? Thirteen. Wow. Thirteen. I don't have my head screwed on like that at thirteen. Oh, you going okay, twenty five? <laughs> um, yeah, so for me, um, I started ballet in twenty nineteen, and and I started it because of my favourite fighter, who I've got tattooed on my leg, Vasily Lomachenko. Oh, you have too. Yeah, he's a two time Olympic gold medalist, um, and he had three hundred ninety seven fights, and he lost one in the amateurs. Exceptional athlete. Wow. Yeah, exceptional athlete, and he he did traditional Ukrainian dancing, and and I realised I was like. I did everything he did, you know, the mindset stuff and I was like, If he's doing it, I'm gonna do it but I've always been interested, as I mentioned right at the start of this, Howie um, and Pickle. I've always been interested in, in performance arts and what my mum was in touch with, and, and I guess more feminine energy sort of stuff. And and for me, I I always wanted to do music, musical stuff, or or ballet or dance sort of sort of stuff. But I just didn't have the confidence to sort of tell my dad and tell my brothers that that I wanted to do that. And okay. finally, in 2019, as a sort of a bit more grown adult, I um I took up the challenge myself, and it was one of my uncomfortable challenges to, to walk into a ballet studio and I just fell in love with that. It's a beautiful thing. And to answer Pickle's question, of course, you have to change the mindset a little bit, um, probably more so around when you're getting into a boxing ring, it's, it's, it's a bit more brutal. The animal instinct is coming out, but when you're doing ballet, it's graceful, but it's also super challenging. You've got to have a lot of discipline. You've got to have a lot of concentration, some similarities to boxing. Um, but I absolutely love doing it. It's I think for any human to do something you're really bad at, which I'm yeah. really bad at ballet. I'm getting better slowly, Howie. Um, but, yeah, to do something you're really bad at, you watch this growth come and, and you just want to go back and you want to be better and um, you get people next to you up like, a lot of my class, because I'm a beginner, are, are grandmas. A lot of them are over the age of 50, 60 okay. years old. So, um, and they're 10 times better than me. I'll tell you that right now, Howie. So, oh, I want to go back and get better and better and better, but it's been so much fun. How, how do people follow you on Instagram? It's just it's Harry underscore Garso.
1: Follow this man um, and have a look at his pictures because here's he the reason why Instagram can be a wonderful thing. So, I don't know why it had such a big impact on me, Harry. Um, but seeing photos of you, um, I think it was at the launch of GQ, um, where you're wearing uh, a skirt or a dress with boots, um, a couple of other photos where you're in like a, what I would call a sort of a frou-frou style dress, um, you're on the front of DNA, was it, which is a, a gay magazine. It was everything that my little daughter spoke about there at 13 years of age about inclusion. So... What does this mean to you?
0: Yeah, so I, I've really, this is a massive topic for me, more so around a big part of my story. I felt i played a role okay. So because I was nothing like my brothers at home. When I entered school, I had the last name Garside. I mean, teachers treated me a certain way because my brothers were a bit rough around the edges. Okay. And I played that role probably from the age of five up until 16. And then 16, I started to challenge it because of the Reach Foundation. And then a few years, you mean even still now, I still catch myself you know, trying to be cool in front of my dad or my brothers or my friends. Um, but a big part of my story is I want people to be their true authentic self. And I don't think we should label someone just because they do a certain thing. I truly believe that every human is a walking contradiction. Mm. There's things inside of me that one, I love this thing, but then I love something that's completely opposite to, and that's okay. That's a beautiful thing. When you do a bit of self-exploration and, and self-discovery, I think for me, I've just realized that, you I mean, I'm just a walking contradiction myself, and I and I wanna show more young people that they can try things that are different. They can do things that are different, they can do things that are different to their parents, to their friends. And if it's something that lights them up and makes them happy and they're not hurting anyone else, then then why should we judge or criticize? or, um, Yeah, I think it's a bit of a human need. I've definitely felt it myself to to want to fit in, to want to feel part of the crowd, to want to feel part of the tribe. It's it's a bit of a human instinct in nature. But imagine a tribe where where they celebrated everyone walking a little bit differently. Imagine a tribe where it's like, Although yes, the person's not walking like me, it's like I still stand hand in hand as brothers and sisters. Or you mean know, it sounds very hippie or spiritual, no, I like but it. I, I, I like truly, it. I truly believe that. And I think, and I, have caught myself. You mean know, sometimes I judge too quick, or sometimes I, I I'm not in this mindset. And, and but I, I'm able to pull myself out pretty quickly and, and just realize that. You mean know, most people, if not all people, they just want their family, their friends. Um, and themselves to be healthy, happy and well-off maybe. That's the three things. Every human wants that. Yes. We might think that we're all so different but we're not and and I just just want more young people especially to explore themselves, find that thing that lights them up and just do that and makes you happy.
1: So by going to a social event and wearing a dress defying social convention, the norms, like we wear clothes, like you got a pair of water, uh, watermelon coloured Shorts on. I presume you walk out of the house, like I'm in a pair of boardies and a T-shirt, this is what I feel comfortable in. So you feel comfortable in what you're wearing. We typically wear what we feel comfortable in. When you walk out of the house and you're wearing a dress or a skirt, do you feel comfortable in that or are you uncomfortable but you're trying to show people what you spoke about? So are you comfortable in those clothes or are you uncomfortable in those clothes?
0: Yeah, there is, of course, a little bit of uncomfortability because – like, although, don't get me wrong. Like,
1: you look fantastic, by the way. Like, thank you, you Howie. Absolutely
0: fantastic. <laughs> yeah. You really yeah, do. I've got like, great, great designers. Check this.
1: it out. <laughs> well, you yeah. might have great designers. <laughs> it sounds like we're on the brown, low red carpet now, but you look amazing and you look so athletic and yeah.
0: fit. Yeah. Um, for me, it's just like I have a message. That's all it is. And I truly. I've copped a fair bit of criticism. You mean a lot of? I'm probably 65% male-based following yep. on my social media, um, and a lot of them are probably boxing fanatics. I'd imagine so. Yep. Um, a lot of the boxing crowd, they are a little bit more old-fashioned, and, and that's totally fine. I respect their opinion, and I respect. But of course, I cause a bit of uh, like cop a bit of criticism and 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 stuff like that. But I believe in what I'm saying. All it is, it's like I just want people to to be themselves. That's it. You mean? And I want other people not to judge them for being different. As long as they're not hurting, hurting you or hurting anyone else, like what does it really matter? I just think we label people too quickly. We we criticize people too quickly. We like to chop people down too quickly mm. for being different, to being unique. Um, but I actually think the older I've got, it's a superpower to be unique and to be different. Um, I just didn't realise that when I was younger. When you're younger, you want to be you want to fit in. You want to be cool. We want to be yes. part of the popular group. But The older I get, the more I realize that it's actually a superpower, our difference in this world. And we've all got a difference. That's the beautiful thing about being individuals. So
1: at your age, I don't want to sound like an old bastard, (laughs) but at your age, I'm not sure. Well, I'll ask you, do you have a full grasp on the effect you're having? Or if your boxing career goes where you want it to go, you won't change. And the pre-fight promos will be the, the Harry, Aussie Harry who has painted fingernails, tattoos of his heroes on his legs, um, has been known to wear a dress. Like th- that's what the media will focus on because it's a great story. But if you continue to win, your platform will get bigger and bigger, Harry to the point where you will have an enormous platform to spread the message we're talking about. And with that comes a responsibility as well. But the positive effect you could have, you, you have a positive effect on the Australian boxing community here, the Australian sporting community. I reckon you're starting to get into the school space, but the more success you have, it can be an international effect, which is a tremendous opportunity. Mm, it's um- How do you view all those words? Responsibility, opportunity, um, platform, role model, chance to make a difference, but you've got to go out there and win your fight to mm. do any of that.
0: Yeah, it's, it's definitely something that I think about a bit, Howie, in the sense of I want to have the best impact. And as well, I, I'm, I'm a big one. I love to eat humble pie. I I I don't like to say that I'm right. A lot of the time, I'm not, mm. um, and I could be wrong right now with the beliefs that I have. You mean I believe in them, so I don't think that I'm wrong. Um, I'm not hurting anyone else with my beliefs either. But it's it's one of those things. Like I just want to have the best inc- impact, and 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 I love hearing other people's stories, and I love. I actually have really pondered lately around, as I spoke about around the purpose, you mean, and not really fully being latched to a um, professional purpose yet, professional boxing purpose. But I actually believe my purpose in this world, having a mum who's left wing and she's a medium, and then having a dad who's a hardworking Aussie bloke and he's right wing, left and right. I realized from a young age that there's no right way to do this, (laughs) both ways are beautiful, and both ways have their negative things to it too. You know, but I think in this world right now, both sides feel so divided because of social media and the, the media outlets and stuff like that. But I think my purpose, coming from a sport that's super masculine and having a side that's a bit more feminine and, and and being okay in that space as well, I think my purpose is to try and bring them both together again. Um, and I don't know how exactly I'm going to do that, Howie, but if I can have a, an international identity and I can try my best to do that, um, you know, bring people to- together and understand that they don't have to agree I just think you should respect. And accept. That's all. Yeah, respect and accept. You don't have to do what they're doing. You don't have to think how they're thinking, but just respect someone else. That's all it is. And, and talk in a respectful way. People can write things so quickly and be so disrespectful. Um, but I think my purpose is to try and bring both sides together in a respectful way. It's a fantastic message. We always finish this show as you would know. Um, first, some advice for the
1: youngsters out there that want to achieve success in what they're passionate about. What advice would you give them, Harry?
0: I think the most important thing for myself has always been be really passionate and have fun with what you're doing. Um, every session, although I'm super driven and I really care and I want to be the best athlete I can be, I walk into that boxing gym and I think it's a big credit to my first coach, Brian um, I mean He just laughs. He's so charismatic and he's having a good time. And if you're passionate and you're having a good time, there's days when it's hard, which there'll be plenty of them. Um, that's life. But you'll get back up and you'll come back the next day because you have fun and you're passionate about what you do, and um, that's probably the. It's just simple: be passionate and have fun. Yeah. It's a great
1: answer. Normally, I get to this point and I thank the guest and tell them how wonderful they are. Um, but I was excited <laughs> about having a chat with you. We mentioned at the start, we're in a beautiful spot here. But um, all I will say is, Harry, from my perspective, I've loved having you on the show. You're a Beautiful man, but I think you provide people with hope, which is a really cool thing to do. Good luck in your boxing career and whatever else is entailed. Um, Whether you win, lose or draw, I'm sure you'll represent yourself and your country in a wonderful fashion, mate. Thanks for joining me on the Howie Games.
0: Thanks, James Howie. Say hello to Pickle and Penguin for Um, me. (laughs) Well done. Harry
1: Garside. That is some serious perspective at 25 years of age. Thanks to Harry for his time and for being such a dude. I wish him every success in his life. I hope you took something from the episode as I did. Until next week with Pat Cummins, I tell you, Pat Cummins, peace
0: and love. And we can do it if we try, try, try.
2: If we try, try, try. If we try, try, try